get the right people in the right positions in the company. And it takes time and uh, some of the people that you first engage with are very good at the uh, start at the beginning because they're very technical. But once you get to be more process oriented and regulation oriented and so on, you need to to hire more people or to change your team or focus your team on, on being less innovative and more tidy, so to speak. Welcome to MedSider Radio, where you can learn from proven medtech and healthcare thought leaders through uncut and unedited interviews. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey everyone, it's Scott. In this MedSider interview, I sat down with Yoav, a PhD with more than 20 years of experience in the development and management of innovative medtech companies. In 2005, he founded CheckCap, a clinical stage medical diagnostics company that aims to change the colorectal cancer screening landscape with its C-scan ingestible capsule tracing and imaging system. Here for you, the key learnings from my conversation with Yoav. First, take every opportunity to get feedback from regulatory professionals. Getting their input, especially early on, can help pinpoint what may or may not work, helping to streamline your development initiatives. Second, know when to lead and when to follow. Yoav realized soon after launching CheckCap that he didn't want to run the company, so he hired someone to take on the CEO role. It was a good decision, he says, as it allowed him to focus on what he's good at, R&D, while letting other more experienced people lead the business forward. Third, expand and diversify your team as the company grows. Over time, as you get further into the development process, you'll need to focus more on logistics and regulation rather than solely focusing on R&D. Hire people accordingly. Okay, so before we jump into the discussion, I wanted to let you know that we just released the first volume of MedSider Mentors, a print-based book that summarizes the key learnings from my favorite MedSider interviews over the past six months. Look, I fully realize it's tough to listen or read every MedSider interview that comes out even the best ones, but there are so many valuable lessons you can glean from the founders and CEOs that join our program. So that's why we decided to create MedSider Mentors. It's a way for you to learn from the best thought leaders in our space in one central place. Here's a teaser of what you'll see in this first volume. Gar Hong Kong, founder of HealthQuest Capital, teaches you how to successfully pitch your startup. Patricia Ziliak, CEO of Ivinson's, discusses what you really need to know about clinical trials. Jared Bauer, CEO of Ionic Sciences, shares best practices for avoiding obstacles in your startup journey. That only scratches the surface, so if you're interested in learning more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors. If you're a premium MedSider member, you'll get free digital access and a print version sent straight to your door. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. In addition to every volume of MedSider Mentors, you'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Erica Rogers, CEO of Silk Road Medical, Dr. David Albert, founder of LiveCore, and so many others. Learn more by visiting medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors. All right, without further ado, let's get to the interview. Hi, Yoav. Welcome to MedSider Radio. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, hearing a little bit more about uh, your background and really the uh, the story around CheckCap. So uh, let's start there, Yoav. If you can um, provide sort of an elevator uh, style overview of your professional background leading up to uh, founding the company, that would be helpful. Sure. So I have a bachelor's degree in uh, physics and mathematics from University of Jerusalem. A master's degree in uh, uh, 
biomedical engineering from the University of Tel Aviv and a PhD in signal processing and uh, of brainwaves from the Technion, that's the, uh, the institute in Haifa. Prior to studies, I, I was a, a Navy officer and I served on uh, missile boats. I served for about six years. That's the professional part. Yeah, um, on, on your on your LinkedIn profile, I can see the uh, you know you got a, a profile image of like the uh, of a what appears to be a, a navy a navy ship that's that's in the uh, it's yes, sunk it's, or something. It's yeah, a sunken, it's a sunken navy ship that was uh, uh, the uh, the command ship of the boats escaping from Cherbourg in 1969. Oh wow! Okay, so that's a real image. Yeah, yeah, it's a real image, and we we dived. I think we had we were about 250. Uh, divers going down there to commemorate the 45th anniversary of that uh, of taking out the, the Cherbourg boats out of the uh, of Cherbourg in France. Wow. Uh, my father was the my father was the uh, commanding officer of that uh, operation. Oh wow, that's really cool. That's very cool. Yeah, um, yeah for everyone listening, if you uh, if you uh, um, check out the show notes to this interview. On Medsider, um, we'll we'll link to uh, Yoav's link, uh, LinkedIn profile. You can take a look at this image; it's pretty uh, pretty cool. So, um, with that said, Yoav, you you started CheckCap. Uh, it looks like back in two thousand five. So, you know, we're you know, gosh, close to twenty years into the um, into the kind of the the arc uh, of the of the company. So, can you give us a sense for um, you know, without getting too far into the weeds, because we'll cover this in more detail as the kind of the discussion unfolds here. But give us a sense for how the you know what what C uh, C-Scan is and kind of how the idea for uh, for the, the device came to be. Sure. So uh, C-Scan is a, is a capsule that you swallow. And uh, basically, you have a, a recorder on your back, which tracks the position and communicates with the capsule. And it uh, travels naturally in the colon and scans it while it's going there. It uses uh, a, a miniature X-ray source uh, to image the inside of the colon without re requiring any bulk operation. So the patient or the uh, person is uh, free to do whatever he wants uh, while the uh, capsule is uh, traveling naturally and uh, at the end it goes out, all the data is recorded and then uh, reconstructed for the physician to, to look for potential polyps, which are the precursors of colon cancer. The idea is to uh, find polyps before they become cancer, so you can prevent colon cancer. You don't need to wait for the cancer to actually be there. So once somebody has a polyp, you can they can be taken out with colonoscopy and uh, preventing colon cancer. Got it. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the uh, you know the this the C scan on your website. It's a pretty cool website. Check hyphencap.com. So check hyphencap.com is the site if you do, uh, if you get a chance to, to look at it. It's a, it's a beautiful site. You can get a sense for, for what this, what this looks like. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely, definitely pretty cool. And so, it, um, you have, if, if I, if I understand it correctly, that the kind of the, the, the normal sort of, uh, you know, patient journey is, you know, they're going to have to go in for a GI procedure of some type, right. Where the gastroenterologist is going to take some images, but with your device, they can do this a lot more, you know, uh, minimally invasively, right. Where they're, they basically just swallow this, swallow the C-scan and it kind of records, travels through the colon and records uh, data. And then uh, the physicians uh, view that after the fact. Am I understanding that correctly? 
That's correct. We, we, we view it as a device or a system for the GI physician. It's, we still want them to be involved in the procedure and uh, uh, to do the, the, what is required in terms of uh, analysis and so on. But the idea is to uh, get those patients or to, to try to persuade patients who uh, refuse to do colonoscopy or are bad candidates or poor candidates for colonoscopy uh, or, or have incomplete uh, colonoscopy. So it's about 40% of the U.S. population. Okay, wow, it's that high. Wow, okay, got it. Yeah, my way of background, my my mom uh, was a GI nurse. She's retired now, but um, she was a GI nurse for the better part of you know thirty or forty years. So I'm kind of loosely familiar with um, with the space. Uh, just just uh, you know, kind of being being raised in that environment. So I understand kind of the uh, you know a, a colonoscopy is not necessarily preferred by a lot of people, right? But necessary, and so I can see how um, alleviating some of those constraints would be helpful. Um, with that said, you have, can you give us a sense for where the company, where CheckCap is in terms of, uh, in terms of sort of the, the life cycle of the company? I mentioned earlier, it was, looks like it was founded or you started it back in 2005, but can you give us an, a, a better, a better idea of where, you know, what, what, uh, where, where you're at with, you know, when, in terms of regulatory commercialization, et cetera? Sure. So, uh, about in May of uh, this year, we started, uh, almost a thousand patient, uh, clinical trial which is uh, the uh, final pivotal study after uh, getting um, an ID approval from the FDA, from the US FDA. And uh, it's a two-stage clinical trial. The first one is calibration, and then we're going to do the actual statistics or the the trial that is uh, going to work with the statistics to to show the performance of uh, of the device. We had in the past, um, uh, we did a, a C trial for uh, European uh, regular shape regulation, and we got that uh, already. But we are focusing on the U.S. Uh, FDA trial or the U.S. market because that's the uh, most meaningful market and uh, getting FDA approval is the, uh, the stamp that you need in order to start uh, real sales. So in about, I would say, one and a half to two years, perhaps, we'll be in a position that hopefully we'll get the FDA approval and we can start uh, commercialization. Okay, cool. And you said that that a thousand patient uh, patient uh, pivotal pivotal trial in the in the U.S. I presume all of the sites are based in the U.S. as well. About half of the sites are in the U.S. and the other half are in Israel. Okay, so we're doing it in parallel. Yes. Got it. Very, very cool. And you're, you're, you know, we're recording this in September of 2022, and you're enrolling, enrolling patients uh, currently. Yes, we are. We are enrolling okay. uh, in a few sites in the U.S. already. Okay. Very cool. Well, let, let's that that that's a helpful overview of kind of where uh, where the where the company is at currently, and um, a little bit more about you know what what uh, what the device is and the challenges that you're trying to solve for. So let's. Um, Let's uh, step inside the the kind of the, the med site or time machine, if you will, and kind of kind of go back to the formative years of of, of CheckCap and and uh, and your efforts to design the C scan. Um, when you think about you know that that journey, right, over the past you know ten to fifteen uh, plus years, what are some of the key lessons that you that, that you learned uh, when when developing such an innovative uh, uh, device like uh, like C scan? Well, the the first thing that 
the way that I, I looked at it is there is a real need for such a device or such a system because uh, people are very reluctant to do colonoscopy. Some are poor candidates. So there's a, a, a real need and a real market for this kind of a device or such a technology. And uh, I've looked at the, uh, the barriers, what, what holds people not to do colonoscopy. And uh, I, I think the, or I know that the biggest barrier, and this is proven in quite a few studies, is the preparation, colon preparation, which uh, requires uh, people to swallow material that uh, cleans the bowel. It's not a pleasant process. It takes um, a few days, and also the actual invasiveness of the procedure puts people off. So the, the combination of these two are the, the reasons that uh, you need to look for a technology that can overcome this kind of, uh, these kind of uh, hurdles. And uh, coming from physics, I understood that uh, you can think of, uh, of the inside of the colon as a uh, murky water that you can uh, somehow uh, image or uh, scan with a sonar or radar or whatever. But it turned out that only uh, x-rays can do this, the work. So that's, uh, that's how it came about. Got it. So were, were some of your initial, help, help me unpack that a little bit, or let's, let's I should say, let, let's unpack that a little bit. So you, you initially kind of were, were trying to leverage some like sonar based technology, right. In terms of, in terms of Im imaging the colon, but then you realize that that that's not feasible. Yes. Uh, sound waves are not effective because uh, the tissue and the colon contents are very similar and you don't have any contrast. So, and optics of course are not, are not, are not a possibility because then you need to clear the bulb as uh, there's a, cup, a capsule, uh, uh, it's called Pilcom 2, which uh, uh, requires a complete cleaning of the colon and it's, uh, it's not a good procedure. So x-rays uh, came out the only way to do that because with x-rays you can uh, give a small amount of contrast agent and actually uh, increase the contrast or differentiate between the colon content and the tissue and allow for this uh, imaging to work. But it works a little bit different or differently than normal x-rays because uh, the capsule looks at uh, uh, x-ray fluorescence and compton scattering uh, and not on uh, normal, not the way normal x-ray works. So it's, uh, that's something that we had to develop from scratch. It's a different imaging technology basically. Got it. And so, so with, with something that, that represents a pretty high technical barrier, right? Like, like, like C-Scan, like what, what would be your advice to other, uh, other entrepreneur, other med tech entrepreneurs that are kind of, you know, trying to row, row a boat in similar waters? Like what, what's the, um, what's your, what, where do you see other, other people make the most mistakes? Or maybe when you think about kind of that, you know, getting over that technical feasibility hump, you know, what are, what are some of your, you know, your, your best advice for, for other uh, kind of startup, medtech startup founders? I think the biggest stroke of luck I had in the beginning uh, was to find uh, 
somebody who understood what I wanted to do, and he, and he was bold enough to to put the money behind his uh, mouth. Uh, the guy was uh, the ex CEO of G Healthcare, Dr. Walter Robb, who uh, in the past uh, took the uh, developed the ex the uh, CT the the G CT and the G MRI. So this kind of uh, a person that uh, can say this work, this can work, and I'm 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 backing it. This can help you a lot in uh, in starting a, a company with a very uh, new and uh, untested uh, technology. So that's uh, it's a big advice. If you can find somebody like that, it's a it's an anchor to anything that you you want to do. It's a great, it's a great way to describe it, right? Finding that, that champion, um, right. Or that, that anchor that can, uh, that can kind of be that, um, be that wh- whether it's a fin- financial anchor or maybe even someone with, uh, you know, with deep domain or clinical expertise, right. That can serve as that, uh, that key kind of contact moving forward. That's a really good point. Um, uh, you have, let, let's transition a little bit to, to kind of the, the topic of regulatory. You mentioned earlier that you've got, um, the company has been successful in getting a, a CE mark and now you're focused on, on the U.S. regulatory pathway, when you think about you know what you've learned, I mean, it, it, th- this is a this is a really innovative you know d- device, right? I mean, it, it's it's um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's probably the first of its kind. It appears to be the first of a, first of its kind sort of sort of device, which you know typically represent you know pretty pretty significant regulatory challenges. So when you think about you know your approach to uh, the global kind of regulatory pathway, you know whether it's in Europe or um, now you're focused on the U.S. You know, what are some of the, the most important uh, lessons that you've learned uh, along the way? Well, one thing that I wished we could have done was talk to the regulators earlier on, because that would have uh, saved us a lot of uh, ineffective uh, journey. The point is that a regulator, uh, the regulation uh, only takes you seriously once you have something which is uh, tangible. It's already uh, you're starting to look at people or, or humans, but the regulatory process is, is a very enduring one. It requires a lot of patience. The regulator is um, it's a good way to to clean up your your uh, act when you when you do the uh, when you work correctly. So, uh, and I can see the company. We when you start with a few guys and. Uh, some ideas your your act is not is not very tidy and uh once you get into to put the regulation uh in place you got to have something which is more stable more reliable and uh and that's what you need when you when you put people things in people uh, in humans guys so if, I, if i'm hearing you correct correctly um you know, some of the, 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 a couple big lessons for you was, uh, for your, for your team was definitely start early, right. And trying to get feedback from the the various regulatory bodies, but maybe more interesting, I thought was, was your point around, you know, regulatory being a function that sort of, uh, you know, forces you to, to kind of, you know, get, get dialed in, right. Um, and, and button things up, dot your I's, cross your T's. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. And actually we've learned recently that the FDA has this, uh, process that is called breakthrough designation that allows you to uh, start discussion with the uh, with the FDA very early on 
And uh, unfortunately, we got it uh, later. So we got it in about uh, about a year ago or something. So what we could have learned from the FDA and from discussion with the FDA earlier on, uh, we didn't do that uh, in the right timing. We did it later. So uh, we could have been more effective working with that earlier on. Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadim Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's MedSiderRadio.com forward slash premium.